raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's Wesson Walker at the Jack Daniels Doghouse on the corner of Mint and Moorhead. It's the WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys presented by Ram Pavement taking place all the way up until 6 p.m., but Wesson Walker will be broadcasting until 3 p.m. Text Street Turkeys if you can't make it out here to donate. However you can, whatever you can, what you can do is text 44321. The message will be street turkeys, all one word. The number is 44321. We're going to dig into a Thanksgiving draft. I like doing the drafts. We did this with Hornets basketball players. If we were to draft a football team, I believe Fitty did call me the winner on that one. I imagine with your growing relationship with Fitty that you're going to win this battle no matter what <laughs> I choose. That's just what I feel that Fitty is going to do back at the studio. He's going to choose you because here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick five rounds, and we're going to try to make our Thanksgiving meal. Okay. And then Fitty and the public which you can text us, 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. You can text us whose house you would rather go eat at. When we have all of the Thanksgiving meals, when we have ours to go with, we're going to go through this draft. You can tell us what house you would rather attend. And Fiddy is basically going to serve as the people because he is a man of the people. The yes. people have made him their candidate. So, Wes, we'll flip the coin. You already did that, and you won first overall pick. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> because I don't want my food to be taken away from you. Uh -huh. But what is going to be Wes Bryant's first overall pick in the Thanksgiving draft? Uh, with the first pick, Wes Bryant picks <laughs> the traditional turkey. Yeah, Whichever way you'd like to fix it. I like it oven roasted. Haven't had fried yet. But turkey is the selection. See, that's why I desperately wanted the first overall pick. With the Hornets football draft, I wanted first overall pick because I was afraid you were going to go LaMelo QB. You went with an upset. I don't know who you chose. But I immediately ran up to the podium and put my vote in to get LaMelo <laughs> at QB. Now I'm hurting. My draft is already thrown all off the board. Yeah. You got Peyton Manning, and I'm settling for Ryan Leaf. But... I'm not going to draft them two overall. I might just have to settle with that dish a little bit later. Well, do you want to break down the turkeys in and make no, it specialized? No, look, I want to change if the rules I so I can get roasted. No, it's okay. That's all right. Look, I don't. Colin said it best. Multiple people don't deserve to draft turkey. Yeah. One person deserves to draft it, and so okay. I will allow you to take all the turkey away from my house. The second pick for me, I got to go mac and cheese. <laughs> There's the we'll, we'll wait for the soundbite now. Yes, we will call for it. The pick is in. We can play the soundbite, and then we'll roll. The pick is in. I'm going to go with mac and cheese as my first overall selection. Okay. So you go with turkey as your first overall selection. I'm going to go with a side dish. That's a great pick. An important one, though. Mac and cheese That's will be at pick. my house, and it's away from Wes's. So what is going to be your second overall pick, Wes? My second overall pick, man, the must-have for me is that cornbread dressing. Oh, yeah. We All saw right. that at the Cornucopia cornbread event at the Spectrum dressing. Center. Cornbread dressing. <laughs> Jeff no is he is booing you as you are at Radio City Music Hall announcing your pick. I am not getting booed with my mac and cheese pick. So the next one I'm gonna roll with exactly what I just said. The pick is in, Wes. Okay. Rolls are a staple. Oh I gotta go with some bread. 
Give okay. me rolls. Yes. Second overall pick. It matters. Bread it matters. Really does. Colin is it laughing. Really Stop does. laughing. Rolls matter, man. Bread matters. I'm, I'm going no with the bread. No doubt about yep. it. Yep. So we're going to go with rolls as the I second pick. I like that. Pick. That was definitely in my in my war room. Yeah, for Walker Mills. <laughs> yeah, cross it off because I done picked it. So yeah. you got turkey and cornbread dressing. I have mac and cheese, and I have rolls. I'm going to have some love handles as well as the rolls if you want to talk <laughs> after this Thanksgiving meal. What's your third pick for Wes's household? Oh, man. For the third pick, I am going to go with Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> wow. The, the, I'm sorry, Wes. This is not New Year's. This is I'm going off what I want on my plate. <laughs> well, this is Black Eyed Peas. That, they're name. undrafted. What an upset. This is yes. the Ronaldo Balkman Isaiah Thomas draft. Yes, yes. Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> okay. Are you sure you're not picking a music group to perform at your Thanksgiving I'm very event? sure. I'm okay. Sure. All right. Black Eyed Peas. That's <laughs> fine. I've got my war room. My team is happy. This okay. is somebody drafting Jalen Rager over Jalen Jefferson. Mashed potatoes and gravy come okay. my way. Now, I will go to the rules committee on this, and we can see what's happening here at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. We can also go to Fitty. Is it okay to include gravy with mashed potatoes, or do I have to keep that separate and just draft mashed you can potatoes? Have that. I can have the gravy. Colin is shaking his head yes. Fiddy, is it okay to include mashed potatoes along with the gravy? I think it's okay, but like I've always said, if they're good mashed potatoes, they don't need gravy. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Jeff desperately wants to get in on the mashed potatoes. Talk what you got for us as far as the gravy inclusion. You have just drafted three tight ends in a row. I did. It's a lot of starts. <laughs> Jeff, we're, we're a fan of tight ends on this show. Yeah, we, well, yeah. Everything look. that's ever said for Fiddy and Flounder gets turned into something like that. Every single thing. It, it's true, but also. But, uh, but I mean, you literally are overloading on an unnecessary <laughs> position at this point I, in time. I am getting fat and happy off my starches. I got mac and cheese as my first And pick. the gravy. Yeah, the gravy, too. I love bread. But the thing is, I man, but I'm going to miss the turkey because I love to get the turkey and then dip it in the mashed potatoes and gravy. And I'm not going to have that because West drafted turkey first overall. Here's the updates right now. Looking for white rice in the fourth round or what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good value pick. I'm not going to lie. Turkey was the first pick from West. Cornbread dressing and then black-eyed peas. I went mac and cheese, rolls, mashed potatoes with the gravy inclusion. By the way, don't fall asleep on the white rice. I... I am in a, I'm part of a I Filipino family no, now. I agree it's, with you. I like happening. the white rice, especially with the black eyed peas. Okay. Get uh, real country on you. Um, um, Jeff did make me aware that I do have a lot of starches on my plate right now, but Thanksgiving is all about that, man, so I'm cool with it. Okay. Somebody says Walker's winning. Another person said Walker. Somebody said Colin's winning. He's well, not I'm even playing the game and he's winning somehow, so <laughs> that's what's happening. So you're, you're coming from behind, but we yeah. still have two more picks. Okay. What's your fourth pick, Wes? My fourth pick is going to be homemade. That's a really that's a shocker. Yes, but it's still pretty damn good. Right. Yes, I'm coming back. I'm I wanted back to hate later. on it because <laughs> normally people might go with pumpkin pie. Yes, but pound cake is an excellent substitute. Homemade pound cake. Mom's making that homemade pound cake, man. Fresh out the oven. She served it up to the Clemson Tigers. Dad, both swing. It was a hit in that <laughs> locker room. Legit. Um, I don't know what to make of this. It, it, I don't think it's good. Casey Steve called me the Dave Gettleman of this draft. I, <laughs> I, I, because I, I think I myself am making myself into a hog molly. So if I eat all of the starches, Dave Gettleman would want to draft me. Now, but I didn't, I didn't game plan very well, i got to be honest, because now I need to include a dessert, which you already yeah, have. Gotcha. So you got your entree. You got the main thing with the turkey. Mm -hmm. You have a couple sides, and you have dessert. 
I wanted to include green bean casserole just to show my hand a little bit. I thought that was going to be your but, first choice but, or second. But but there's a there's a couple of other items that I want. I got to get a dessert in there. Although I don't even have a meal. I forgot I don't even have. All right, this is the pig. The pig is in, Fitty. The pig is in. I can't believe it. <laughs> this is, I, I, I am I am having my team go into shambles here. I got to draft ham because I need something you need like some that. Meat. Yeah, I do need some meat. Yeah. I'm not happy with the back end of my draft. This is like <laughs> Marty Herney with the first round. I nailed it. But then with the back half, I'm not going. I've got to draft ham, though. So so this is what you have. You have turkey. You have cornbread dressing. You have black-eyed peas. And you have homemade pound cake, yes. which was a nice touch saying it was homemade. Yes. I went with mac and cheese, rolls, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And I'm also rolling with ham because I do need the main thing. That one's a tough one to come back from. You do have the better quarterback with Turkey, and I've got somebody that ain't gobbling like that. Franchise player. All right, so who are you going with your last pick in the Thanksgiving draft? Uh, my last pick. <laughs> somebody said real quickly. Yeah. <laughs> 704 number said, good grief, this thing was over in two rounds. Turkey and dressing for the win. Yeah, I can't hate on that. Uh, for my last pick, you know, I'm just going to keep it simple right here. I feel like at this point I'm doing a victory lap. No, <laughs> you want to come back. I'm going to go with uh, just some good old corn. I see. Yeah, I had it. It was corn, it was man. on my big board, but that was if really things <laughs> turned into shambles. Um, it's not bad. It's a real classic. Like that's like a guard. Right. You just drafted an offensive a good, guard. Good serviceable guy. You know. They matter. Yeah. There's going to be a hit. If all else fails, that's something but, that the majority but, of people are going to eat. Okay, but hold on. I think you did mess up, though. Okay. Wes, you got cornbread dressing and corn? Talk yeah. about two tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> you got to you gotta get something else a little spicy, too, now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, can I go back? Oh, no. You already okay, never mind. Ahead, I the card. My bad. No, My bad. you can't. You turned it in. Okay. No, no I'm in. not going to let you win right. by coming back. <laughs> what in. kind of NFL franchise well, owner was, would I be? It was a, it was a variation. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Up the coin. All right. Well, well, we can get to the honorable mentions, the people that were undrafted. Maybe you can sign them to the practice squad, but you cannot go back on the card. You already okay. turned in. Right, yeah. I know, sir, I will do. allow that. <laughs> the last pick of the day, the pick is in. By no means can you call this dish Mr. Irrelevant. It is totally relevant. I said it yesterday, and I stand by it. This pick, this food, this dish should be normalized. Green bean casserole, welcome aboard. Okay. The fried French onion strips on top. I do the like crunch that. with the ooey gooey goodness of the underneath special that is the green bean casserole. Yeah. No, no relevance here, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the team. <laughs> Your first overall pick included turkey, which was a great pick right out of the gate. So Wes's household, if you want to go to his house, you would be eating turkey, cornbread dressing, black-eyed peas, homemade pound cake, and good old-fashioned corn. So you're going to get your fix on corn. You're going to be like the kid. It's got all the juice. Right, right. Wes's house has all the juice. I have mac and cheese, rolls, mashed potatoes, and gravy, ham, and I'm rolling with green bean casserole. I feel like green bean might have saved it. So let's go to all of the people in the text yeah. line, 704-570-9610, unreal. Wes is Marty Herney, started strong, but three to five was garbage. Somebody else wrote in, <laughs> Wes, was, uh, Wes won by a landslide. Uh, we have a lot of texts rolling in right now. Brian says, Walker's still the winner in my book, 980 number. Walker could have had a roasted pig instead of ham. I mean, I guess that Ooh. seems, with the apple, like, I feel like. 
That I don't, would be good. You can just pull that meat on out of there. I mean, I guess I, I don't wrong know many pulled pork, like, pulled pork for Thanksgiving, but I, I guess I could get down with it. Somebody said Walker's winning. Other per, other people are saying Walker. Uh, I think it's kind of mixed. I think it's 50-50, so we got to go to the person that does represent the people better than all That's of right. us. That's right. Mr. Josh Fitty Marlowe back at the studio. Josh all right, Fitty. Fitty, you heard our, our households. Who do you want to go eat Thanksgiving dinner with? Nobody. I'm going to my own house because both of y'all's lists suck. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, well, no, that Did is we? how it worked because, all right, now I'm going to give you my top five, and then we'll then we'll let the <laughs> listeners determine whose house they're going to for Thanksgiving. You are a degenerate. I Go am. ahead, Fiddy. Go ahead, Fiddy. What is what is at the Marlowe household? All right, number one, deep-fried turkey. So you, you go ahead and get your meat out of the way. Okay, but just, just to be fair, I could not pick turkey, or I would have, because the rules that we were playing by. But you play to your own rules, so that's fine. Number one is deep-fried turkey. That's right. Number two, the best Thanksgiving side dish that exists if i have left family thanksgiving because this wasn't there cranberry sauce number two the only time See, of the year i eat yeah. it is during thanksgiving and christmas that's number two so number colin three. is happy you can imagine colin is very happy mr cranberry sauce himself so yes you guys share that passion what's number three number three maybe y'all don't have as bad as gas as i do uh deviled eggs Number three on uh, the list. Nah, I'm, nah, I'm going to throw that I'm on the on, on the frisbee tray it comes in on. I'm going to throw it <laughs> good right Lord, out of there. Good Lord. What, what are your taste buds, like a four-year-old? Yeah, I'm good on no, that. No, no, I'm good eating on stanky eggs. Yeah. I'm, I'm just fine without it. Go ahead, though. What's number four? <laughs> number four, it's got to be my mama's crock pot macaroni and cheese sounds good yeah, that sounds especially good. look and, and it has to be it has to be some sort of grandmother cooking it right, right? Mm-hmm. like it, look your mom's mac and cheese i'm sure is fantastic but if you really want to add that extra kick to your draft pick it's got to come from grandma and i don't care what you call her yeah your draft pick got better yeah. and then number five you gotta you gotta fish with the dessert I'm going to cheat and have two of them, pecan and pumpkin pies. Okay, well, that's okay. You just play by your own rules. Because I traded up, you know, two for one. And and look, because I don't know which one is my ultimate favorite. I love them both equally. I'll eat them both tomorrow. So, yeah. Um, okay, NASCAR Brad said he made a U-turn, and he's now going back to Marlowe's house. I think he was coming to mine. I need to read it, but there's so many texts rolling in. <laughs> Big Cat Dan said Walker won that draft late. Stanford P says he's going to your house, Josh. But Michael did say Walker send the address, so he wants to come eat at my place. So 704-570-9610. Stanford P said Wes going to be having corn for weeks. That's right, cornbread dressing <laughs> and also just good old-fashioned corn. That is the Thanksgiving draft. We appreciate you writing in, but if you uh, can write in, you can text in that way through the Garage Door Guru text line. You can also text 44321 by sending a Street Turkeys message, all one word, Street Turkeys, and that way you can donate whatever you can, however you can do it. Frozen turkeys, canned food, boxed goods, monetary donations, Street Turkeys to 44321. Or if you want to come see us, if you want to come talk about why our household is not serving the better Thanksgiving meal, you can do that at the corner of Mint and Moorhead. We're here at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. There's so many different people out here. It really is humbling to see all of the different people helping out with WFNZ with so many of our partners here today as well. Not only do we have WFNZ, but we have Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry. You have Ram Pavement. You have Second Harvest Food Bank. So many different people trying to help out the cause. And it's really cool to see here in the heart of Uptown. So come by once again, Jack Daniels Doghouse on the corner of Mint and Moorhead. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Always choose Butterball. Swift.
It's the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the corner of Mitten, Moorhead, the Jack Daniels Doghouse. It's the WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement. And I do want to take a quick moment to thank all of the sponsors, not only Ram Pavement. They have volunteers on site throughout the entire day, and they're working really hard. They're having a lot of fun, too. It's really cool to see all the smiles, to be honest here, on Mitten, Moorhead with so many different people. So that's awesome, provided by Ram Pavement. Truist, they held a collection at Truist headquarters. They donated 360 pounds of food, 358 to be exact. So incredible work there. Tellware, proud supporters of Street Turkeys, and we appreciate Tellware. Also, big thanks to Piedmont Natural Gas. Also, Barbara Ashford just joined us not too long ago. They're on site. They're in support of the Share the Warmth campaign. They have the cozy Share the Warmth scarves that they will uh, have last around lunchtime. So really right about now. So very, very much so. We appreciate all of the sponsors here at the 20th Annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement. And I do want to tell you guys to continue to text in and donate what you can. We have a goal. It's important to us. $40,000. That's what we want to hit. Right now, we still have some work to do. If you can text in Street Turkeys, all one word, 44321. It doesn't matter what you donate. If it's $1, that helps. If it's 5 that's great. The more, the merrier. But even if you want to donate $1, that doesn't matter. Just go ahead and send that text in, and it's very easy. You can actually check in on some of the updates. We'll send you a link once you text that number, and then once you get that link, you can click on it, get all the updates. It's a very, it's a huge button, right? All you got to do is just press the Donate Now button, and it makes everything extremely simple for you. But if you want to come by and actually hang out, we got so many different people. You can hang out with us here at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, and there is a booth set up to where it's very easy to donate whatever you need to in that way. So you can do uh, frozen turkeys, canned food, box goods, monetary donations. Please help us reach our goal. It doesn't matter what you want to donate. Street Turkeys, 44321, or you can visit us at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. We'll still be talking about the Carolina Panthers. We can see the stadium right across the street, and uh, we'll be talking about the starting quarterback here and Sam Darnold, who was just announced as the starting quarterback just yesterday, Wes, we had the audio from Steve Wilkes saying they were going to name him Wednesday, whoever that may be, but instead it's going to be uh, Tuesday, and Sam Darnold is that guy. Look, I think, Stan, I think Sam and or PJ are your two starting quarterbacks the rest of the way, of course, unless they get hurt, and then you'll be forced to go to Baker Mayfield. I did look at Mike Kay's article on the Charlotte Observer, mm-hmm. and it seems pretty hard for Baker Mayfield to reach that 70% total snap quota for that fifth conditional pick to go to a fourth. So it doesn't mean we're completely out of the woods yet there, but for the most part, you can start to feel good about the Carolina Panthers keeping a fourth round pick and only sacrificing a fifth. And I do think that matters. I I do think, at least for me, I don't know if it's right, but this is just how I view the NFL draft. I feel like once you get past the fourth round, that's when it starts to get a little dicier as far as finding starters for your NFL team. I do think you can find those starters at the third and the fourth round level, and then obviously it starts to wane as the draft goes on. But I think that matters. I'm just interested too, Wes, in how these other players can perform with Sam Darnold at the helm. I mean, we've talked a lot about DJ Moore, and if you're DJ, you don't want Baker Mayfield at starting QB. If you look at the stats for DJ Moore, he's played his best when Sam Darnold is the quarterback. If you're a fantasy football fan, 
he averages about 15 points per game with Sam Darnold at quarterback. With P.J., he averages about 12. With Baker, he averages about 9. So that's rounding up, by the way, 8.7 to be exact. I think this is a good thing for D.J. Moore as long as it's not Baker. Yeah, when you look at his stats from last year, and we know that Sam missed that, those five games. D.J. averaged six catches a game, and he had three uh, receiving touchdowns with Sam. But Sam is a guy that, you know, he goes by the rules of the book as far as getting the ball to your playmakers. He's going to be looking for D.J. Moore uh, because Sam, for one, we know from – from his pedigree from college and even in the pros, one of the reasons he does turn the ball over is because he's going to let the football go. He's not afraid to throw it. He's not afraid to throw it down the field. And so he's going to look for his best guys to make plays for him. So you know that he's going to be looking for DJ. So I'm sure that he's excited about that uh, as far as what that may do for the offense. But I still think, though, I'm going to be interested to see. I think that Coach Wilkes and the crew, especially with him coming off of not playing in so long, I think the game plan is yet again going to be conservative. You're talking about a Denver Broncos defense, third in the league in scoring defense, but also this defense, uh, they are 11th in the league in pressures. So uh, they're going to try to protect him. This is a good defense. They have good corners, uh, arguably the best young corner in the league, Pat Sertan, yeah, the guy amazing. that J.C. Horn aspires to be. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, do you think Sam Darnold will be throwing that way at all? Do you think he'll be throwing the opposite end of the Sam field? Sam is – Bold enough to try. But I think that he would try. Bold, not smart, right? Yeah, like, he'll, yeah. Try, he'll, he'll try him. Uh, no, but, you know, I had to get that dig. Of in course. JC, I do like you, man. I do like you. I think mm, you're a good yeah, player. Yeah, but funny but way I of think, showing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the guys here, you know. I'm not going to argue. Sertan's been fantastic. Yeah, no, Sertan's yeah, fantastic. fantastic. So, yeah, so, um, but this is the defense. But one of the things that's interesting is, one thing that could fit into DJ's game this week was Sam getting him the football, the Broncos – missed tackles at the rate of third in the league. They have the third highest missed tackle rate in the league or the third amount, highest amount of missed tackles. So guys are going to have to be able to make plays when they get the football because this isn't the best tackling defense. DJ, we knew coming out from Maryland, he got a lot of the Steve Smith comparisons because of his run after the catch. We know my Niners, they call him, I forget what the nickname is, they call him the Yak Attack. Oh, isn't that a great great (laughs) nickname? Yes. That's what you need to be this weekend. That's what you need to be this weekend against a defense like this that they aren't great at tackling uh, the ball so DJ hopefully they can get him the the ball and let him make plays no I, I think that's what we're kind of overlooking right now when we might get there on Friday it's only Wednesday yeah. right so Thursday we're going to be doing the Thanksgiving thing maybe Friday people start to get out of that turkey coma they're going to yeah, be yeah. in or the ham coma if you come to my house because <laughs> Wes took my turkey he yeah. went up there and he stole it or the fried turkey uh, coma uh, uh, from uh, w- whatever double desserts. W- once we start to get past that and look ahead to the actual Denver Broncos opponent you're going to realize oh wait I'm glad that Sam is starting over Baker you might feel that way but Denver's defense is really good And the Denver Broncos, their record, it is solely because of their offense and how bad their quarterback has been. Their their defense, for the most part, has been fantastic this season. And so it's not like you feel great with any of these QBs going against that Denver Bronco defense. I feel better with Sam, but marginally better because of the way that he struggled before. You're right. Now, this is an offensive line. They've performed well against some pretty impressive pass rushers before. Yeah. Icky has been a little bit falling the last 
two weeks. I think he was one of the five lowest-graded offensive players for Carolina in this past weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. We know about the penalties that are mounting up for him. It was the Falcons game where there were tons of penalties on the young rookie out of NC State. But there was about, what, a month and a half, maybe just a month stretch for Mickey where he was playing out of his mind, doing yeah. an excellent job in pass protection, Yes, which, which leaves me a nice foundation to feel really good about his future. And I don't know about you being the left tackle that you are, Wes, coming out of Wake Forest, <laughs> but, you know, when I look at, when I look at Icky, I feel comfortable. I, I thought it was a little dicey coming in. You want to see your first-round pick hit the ground running, and that's not what happened in the preseason. He struggled. Mm-hmm. In the first week against Miles Garrett, he struggled. Now, it was against Miles, and I think we try to take that for the context it deserves, but still, it was a little scary, and then, boom, the guy started playing so much better. I feel good about him going forward. What say you about Icky, despite a couple of the last two weeks he's been struggling? Uh, I feel like he's been up and down, as I said, uh, especially with the running. Some of the plays, I watched one play Sunday and how high he was playing. When he went up on the second level to get a backer, he was standing up. The leverage wasn't good, but as you said, the penalties have been hurting, but it's a tough position to adjust to, Mm -hmm. and I think Icky's so big and powerful but he's so nimble. I think that is why you see the pass blocking being his strong suit so far. And I think in the NFL, the game moves so fast that I think that sometimes when he's lining up his guys to get on that run block, where in college he would just maul guys and get them. I think in the pros, guys are very athletic. They know ways that coach well, so they know how to get out of those blocks. And so when he lines up his target and goes in to make that shot on them, I think that they're able to wiggle out of them. And I think that's why he's been struggling with that. Well, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I do. Th- that's almost why I get more excited about Icky because because all of the questions were surrounding his pass protection. And at least to me, I view the left tackles that are good at pass protection as being able to slide their feet a little better, being maybe more athletic than just the maulers that are run blocking. I know that's not always true, right? I get that you have outliers, but that is the typical way of thinking. And when you go to the film of Icky in college, he would just absolutely destroy guys. He would just knock them out of the way completely for whatever running back was back there. They would have that gap to run through. The fact that pass protecting has been his stronger suit Mm -hmm. adjusting to the NFL, that allows me to believe that he can figure everything out. Like the penalties, cool. If if you were to tell me, Icky is going to have growing pains, where do you want him to have growing pains? I would say, okay, well, if I have to choose some, penalties is probably the way I'm going. You know, maybe run blocking because I feel like that's more scheme. I feel like that's a little bit more so where I believe in his strength. It's just not being at the right spot at the right time. But the fact that he and but the fact that that's kind of bearing to be true, mm-hmm. that that's why I feel so much better about that. Am I right in my assessment of that left tackle spot? Uh, I think you are right. The penalties you kind of you don't want to see because a lot of times you get penalties because of technique, uh, because your feet are not where they're supposed to be. One of the reasons why you may give a little bit more leeway on the pass rush is because the most dangerous pass rusher is on the left side, and we know that nine times out of ten, that's going to be your quarterback's blind side, and if he gets hit, as I've experienced in my career, <laughs> that's the lookout, oh my God, onto the bench, <laughs> and you're frustrated because more than likely it's going to cause a fumble, especially the way these guys are coached now. They're not coached just to get the sack. They're coached to get the football and the sack. So if you give up a sack on that left side, it's going to be really, really bad. So traditionally the better run side has been the, run, the right side. That's when most teams like to run the football so if you do want to see your rookie left tackle struggle it is going to be a little bit in the run department because traditionally 
teams like to run it mostly up the middle and to the right. This show is kind of turning into an interview with an offensive lineman, but just from the outside <laughs> view looking in, I always feel as a complete novice, right, having not been in any high-level football locker room, a part of the team, only just the media portion when I would hold a microphone in people's face. But when I look in, it does feel like the offensive line is a pretty damn big brotherhood, more so than the other mm-hmm. position groups, because we always talk about how important continuity is. Yes. And I think that matters more so with the OL where you're rotating defensive linemen all the time, you know, wide receivers. It's just, it just seems a little bit different. And I think also somebody wrote in the OL grade is horrible with Baker under center. The, the OL grade for, um, for PFF is horrible with Baker under center and with PJ Walker, it's not that bad. Like how much does it matter? The quarterback that's behind you and with the group that you're working with along the offensive line, mm. the quarterback doesn't matter as much. That's a bit nuanced because if you're a good unit, you're going to be good regardless, right? When you look at some of the great offensive lines that we've seen when they've had their quarterback go down, it's still going to be good. The production and the protection is still going to be the same, but it depends on week to week. So I, I don't, I don't know that necessarily how much I buy into that mm-hmm. because of the teams that kind of they face. Like he, you know, this offensive line faced a, a, a pretty good Baltimore defense. I do think the sacks given up matter though. I think that can be a quarterback stat, definitely. especially and in and, and some ways. When you see those cover sacks when the quarterback, you know, is back there, those aren't always on the offensive line or a blitz or something like that. Because sometimes I might be watching football with my mom and, you know, she'd be like, is that the offensive line? And then I'd look at it and i say, nah, because they blitzed and the running back should have did this and this should have happened, whatever. So that does play into it a little bit. Most sacks are on the offensive line, but the quarterback can also play into it as well. So I want to get back to the weapons, the players that benefit from seeing Sam Darnold play quarterback instead of Baker Mayfield. We know that DJ Moore is that guy. There's plenty of evidence that suggests DJ Moore is just a lot better with anybody at QB. That's going back a couple of years besides Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Kyle Allen, better. Teddy Bridgewater, yep, better with him too. Cam Newton, any stage of his career, (laughs) DJ Moore is going to be better than what Baker Mayfield has provided DJ Moore. And you saw that a little with Odell Beckham Jr. up in Cleveland, another number one wide receiver he was working with. What about Terrace Marshall? Because if you look at his game log, I think his numbers are a little weird because the yardage totals are pretty good per target or really per reception. The average yards per reception is very good. He has become the deep threat for this team. If you look at Cincinnati, three receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown, he looked good in the second half, mm-hmm. but against second stringers, mm-hmm. and that was with Baker Mayfield. So the number is a little more inflated there. He had one reception against Atlanta this last time out, but it was the deep throw, 43 yards against the Falcons there, against Baltimore. That was with Baker Mayfield, so 76 yards for Baker, um, but that game was a little bit out of reach. Once I think he had a couple. Uh, he had the one big play to help Carolina get the field goal, and then mm-hmm. I think uh, the last two throws and receptions came a little bit later when you didn't feel good about Carolina's chances of winning. What do you see with Terrace Marshall having Sam Darnold at QB rather than Baker Mayfield? And ultimately, just what do you think of Terrace Marshall's ceiling going forward? Ooh, okay. Uh, I think... <laughs> Now, I think with, with, with Terrence, he's a guy who, like I said, the inconsistency 
card has plagued him pretty much since he got here. He gives you flashes of what he can do, but then, you know, he doesn't do it on a regular basis. We talked about consistency is such an important thing for him. So, yeah, you know, he's shown us some flashes of what he could do. We, he's shown that he can get the 50-50 ball. He's shown that he can run a little bit after the catch. But can he show us that consistently, especially this week, uh, when you talk about digging into those analytics? This is the number one coverage team in the league that they're playing against in the Denver Broncos, okay? Uh, so, yeah, and they're seventh in pass rush. So that means that they're going to be getting after yeah. uh, Sam, and that means that they can cover well. So you may see some covered sacks. that may not be on the offensive line. Guys just may be covered. I wonder what Denver's plan is going to be. Um, I wonder, you know, do they – do they scheme up to where you put Sertan on DJ Moore and you feel like lock him up and then we'll handle the rest of how they will play that. But this is going to be a game I feel like that he has a chance to really show something uh, against a Denver team where yards and points are going to be hard to come by that, you know, you want to see him make some key plays at the end of the day. And he has not done that yet. And that's why I don't know that we can fully trust him. We haven't seen him make key plays in enough situations to know if we can, but he is showing some potential. This is kind of the walk before you run thing with mm -hmm. Terrace Marshall. We just wanted to see something on the field, to be honest with yes. you. We wanted to see snaps, even if there weren't production coming from them. Mm -hmm. We did want to see just snaps, and now he's getting a man. He is providing some nice big play potential. Last thing before we move on to the Fitty Flash, and then Sam Farber going to be joining us here in just a moment to talk about the Charlotte Hornets as well. I do feel like with the Denver Broncos defense being so good, you do have some disaster potential from Sam Darnold. And so when everybody wants to give him a shot, he comes out there. Maybe he throws three interceptions. It goes horribly, horribly wrong. I'm worried that the fan base will say, okay, we tried that. No reason to go back to it. Let's now try Baker Mayfield if P.J. Walker's not healthy. And let's go away from Sam Darnold immediately. Because the, the turnovers, that's what makes people want to immediately move off of a QB. That's the, the, that's the disaster game. Where right. Baker, even if he's had some turnover problems in the past, you haven't had the complete disaster he's been giving the football to the opposing team all the time game. You have not had that yet from Baker. You can easily get that from Sam because he's a pocket panicker too. He'll throw it to the other team we saw just last year. So I'm interested to see if we get the, the panic disaster game from Sam. And if that does happen, will the fan base act to the point where, okay, never want to see it again. Let's go back to Baker Mayfield. Um, let's go to the Fitty Flash. It's the second one of the day. Sending it back to the studios before Sam Farber joins us. Fitty, what you got for us? Do you want to provide an update from the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis where Kansas leads NC State only 61 to 59. They have made their way to about the eight-minute mark of the second half. So Kevin Keats' squad, they are down there, and they are competing their tails off with the defending national champion. As Bill Self also makes his coaching debut after coming back from suspension. And, guys, we got some news regarding that Michigan State-Michigan brawl in the tunnel roughly a month ago. Chargers have been filed against seven MSU players for their involvement in the Good. tunnel uh, with Michigan players, including uh, Kerry Crump has been charged with felon, uh, felonish assault. Jacob Winden has been charged with assault and battery. 
and five others have been charged with aggravated assault. Uh, we kind of knew this was coming, but what are your reactions to the punishments that's that's been uh, handed down from that incident about a month ago? Yeah, video was tough to watch, no doubt about it. And Wes, I know you're happy to see that some sort of punishment is coming the way of Michigan State players. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. There's no place for that. The only thing, though, I will say, I wish that uh, someone would have tried that on one of my teammates. Uh, we would have been welcoming that uh, type of action <laughs> post game if we saw a teammate getting uh, beat down like that. We would have. Uh, definitely had something to say about it i felt like more of his teammates should have done a little bit more but again at the end of the day that was ridiculous charges very warranted get them out of here they don't deserve to be playing college football doing stuff like that and by the way just to speak to the louisville thing i did not realize the game was airing right behind me so yes. we could have been providing some updates that way as well we'll try to keep you uh, updated on everything happening not the louisville nc state kansas game i should say instead all right we'll come back we'll talk about the professionals in basketball once again sam farber hornets play-by-play -play announcer going to be joining us in just a moment it's the 20th annual street turkeys event presented by ram pavement weston walker sports radio 92.7 wf the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're out at the WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys event presented by Ram Pavement at the corner of Mint and Moorhead, the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Please come visit us. Donate what you can. If you can't come visit us, then text Street Turkeys, all one word, to 44321, trying to reach that goal of $40,000. Please help us reach that goal by texting Street Turkeys to 44321. And to help us do that as well, we were out at the Spectrum Center the other day. Awesome stuff for the Charlotte Hornets Cornucopia event, the 12th annual Cornucopia event for them. The entire team was out there. LaMelo was out there. Terry, we had a chance to talk with Dennis Smith Jr., also Steve Clifford. Now we have the chance to talk with Sam Farber, Hornets play-by-play -play announcer. Sam, thanks so much for hopping on with us once again for such a good cause. What a great week to help out the city. It's wonderful. Thank you guys, and thanks to WFNZ for all you guys are doing here at Street Turkeys. And you know, It's kind of like the conversation you guys were having before about an offensive line and you know keeping the quarterback safe it's not we're any just one, as strong a brotherhood right exactly <laughs> it's not it's not any one person's responsibility to do all the work it's about all of us collectively pitching in and helping our local community here. i i still think man maybe i'd be right tackle i think you'd probably be center and west will still we'll just give you left tackle yeah, so if we're gonna be down. colin is i don't know i don't know man i i think west is the only one that i can really put as a good solid offensive lineman because <laughs> you know you play d1 right the rest of us though like we're gonna be turning towards the quarterback and saying watch out. Yeah. Listen, if, we're, if we're playing Pop Warner, we're in good shape. That's if right. we're playing anything about yes. that, we're in bad hey, shape. I, I'm good against any 10-year-old, okay? <laughs> you put me against a 10-year-old, that's just fine. They're not getting past me, maybe but once or twice, and that's absolutely it. <laughs> yeah. Giving Speaking out turkeys and insulting 10-year-olds, <laughs> that's, that's what we do. The Weston Walker Show, that's, <laughs> that's our right. moniker. That's our bio when you check us out on Twitter. Now, we were talking about football, and I know you called some really impressive games. I mean, honestly... They are the marquee matchups in the entire country when you're talking about some of the high school football games that you called. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in California, in Southern California, a special time and a special place. You know, a special place because California just is kind of a factory for college football talent, particularly quarterbacks. But across the board, you get players coming out of the L.A. area to go everywhere. But when I was there specifically, the, the guys that you see now in the Heisman Trophy competition, leading teams, 
with chances to win conference or national championships, they all came from this section. You look at C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. He played at Rancho Cucamonga High School. Uh, you got D.J. Uyunglele at Clemson. He was over at St. John Bosco. Uh, you know, all, all across the board, just tons of guys that came out of there. They had great matchups in high school, and uh, we, we thought maybe it might be something, a precursor to what they do in college, and turns out it was right. All right, real quickly before we go to Hornets, best QB matchup you ever called? Bryce Young versus DJ Uyunglele. Yeah. Those yeah. two. And, and there were other great ones. I saw Josh Rosen when he was in high school. Uh, we saw, oh gosh, there, there's too many names. I mean, just a ton of them, a ton of them. So, you know, it's fun to see them succeeding now. And, and moreover, particularly for Bryce Young and DJ, really, really good guys. I know sometimes, you know, we, we focus solely on these guys as players, uh, but they're truly great people. Who was the best physical talent, though, that you saw out of all those quarterbacks as a one quarterback? that you the most? DJ. I mean, DJ, like, what he can do physically. I told him that. His pedigree was heavy coming out of high school. It's unbelievable. And and Bryce has incredible instincts and his escapability in his pocket. Like, it's it's otherworldly. He won a Heisman for it. But you you can't – it's like in in basketball. Like, the guy – you know, Wimbanyama is great not just because he's got a great – he's seven feet, three inches tall. You can't teach that. You can't teach someone to be the size of a linebacker. I I remember – quick story. First time I saw DJ Uengalele in person, he was a freshman. He was not playing. Uh, he was behind another blue chip quarterback. Yeah, I remember that on QB1. He exactly. was behind that kid that went to um, one of the Iowa Academy. State. Yeah, 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 that's right. So I'm, I'm on the side. I'm talking to the coach, going through the pregame stuff. I'm like, hey, who's the, the defensive tackle? Why don't, <laughs> why don't you play him? He's like, oh, that's DJ. Hey, he's a quarterback. Like, what are you talking about? He's enormous. He's like, yeah, and he's a freshman. Get out of here. So, I mean, like, he has always been this elite physical specimen. And you know what? I, I understand that uh, Clemson fans want national championships, and that's kind of the bar. I went to University of Southern California right after Matt Leinart left, so we were spoiled, too. We thought, the Rose Bowl, that's all we're going to? The Rose Bowl? Why aren't we playing for the national championship? Later on, you appreciate how good those quarterbacks who – Maybe have one or two losses and get to that that threshold are year after year. That's mm. the voice of Sam Farber. He calls the games for the Charlotte Hornets, and you can hear him right here, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, just like you can tonight as the Hornets take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Sam, we were talking before we came back on the air. The one time this year that the Hornets will actually have the injury <laughs> advantage, literally the first time that they will have that this year, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, they're all out. I hope this is the time that the Hornets can take advantage of really the only time they've had that type of advantage it's certainly been a long time coming you don't wish injuries on anyone you certainly don't want them for yourself but the hornets they've been uh, sidelined with a lot of them uh lamella ball another guy i saw in high school i saw him as a freshman in high school my goodness uh and and you know he's still going to be out but otherwise the team is relatively healthy and as you mentioned the sixers are pretty beat up right now almost all of their stars are out they do have tobias harris available they also had to play last night and charlotte's had two games off, or two days off i should say so opportunity here for the Hornets. You know, there's no 10-point yeah, shot in the game. There's no 10-win night that they're going to have, but it all starts with getting one, and hopefully tonight is the start of a run in the right direction. Yeah, what do you see tonight as far as just the the advantage that they can take of such a depleted Philadelphia team? Is it as simple as just them coming out and really taking them serious and not overlooking them because of who's in and who's out? I, I think that's a big part of it, because the role players for Philadelphia, you know, a lot of times when you see the guys that sign 
minimum contracts, they'll go somewhere with intent, either to get playing time or to try and get for a ring. It's pretty clear what Philadelphia is trying to do. When you've got Harden and Embiid, you're trying to win a ring. So a lot of the guys that are signing and playing at, quote-unquote, the end of the bench, they're veterans. They've been in the league for a while. They've established themselves. So uh, the guys that are coming in and plugging these holes for Philadelphia, uh, they might not be MVP candidates anymore, but they're good basketball players. So if Charlotte doesn't take them seriously, they're going to get beat. Uh, the Hornets, though, they've had a good attitude. I think they've played, for the most part, pretty well the last couple of weeks. It's been the injuries more than anything, and this is an opportunity to take on someone who's more beat up than you for a change. So, and then when you look at this team, just as far as just the schedule looking ahead, and you know, they have Philadelphia and Minnesota, two games that they uh, look like they have a chance to get, perhaps, but then you got Boston, you got Milwaukee, so you got some tough games coming up, so, you know, what does this team just reset and just start from square one? Is it just trying to get a win tonight and just continuing to build from there? I think so. I think I think it comes down to two things. One, I think too often recently the games have been determined by the other team's stars. Charlotte plays well against Cleveland, but then Darius Garland goes nuts in the overtime, and all of a sudden Cleveland gets away with a, a two-overtime victory against the Wizards. Hornets played a good game. They led entering the fourth quarter. Kyle Kuzma, another top-notch player, gets hot he takes over and the Wizards end up with the win this is a time now where Charlotte's got to start dictating some of these games not to say that it's not a team effort it is a team effort but at some point we need Terry to be scary like he was in Cleveland we need Gordon Hayward taking over at least stretches of these games and putting their stamp on it to get the win the other thing that'll help the Hornets here if you look at the the schedule so far the standings you'll notice that Charlotte's played more games than anyone in the Eastern Conference except for Detroit they played more road games than anyone in the Eastern Conference so they've been on the road a lot. They've been you know, wounded with injuries. They've been tired a lot with all these games. This is an opportunity with the schedule spreading out and to get some home court advantage. And you know, for all those fans out there, after you've come here and donated for street turkeys and all the great work here that you guys are doing mm-hmm. for our local community, maybe you need a, a Cyber Monday or a Black Friday gift. You can go over to Hornets.com. We've got specials. We've got fee-free tickets available through the Ticketmaster.com and Hornets app. So come on out and enjoy some Hornets holiday basketball. And even if you want to come late during the Kyle Bailey show, then you can head on over there to the Spectrum that Center, do whatever too. you need to, man. There's so many different ways that you can donate and then go check out some Hornets basketball later on. That's Sam Farber. If you can't go check it out, or maybe you want to be Steve Bartman, go to the game and then listen to it on the airwaves as well. You can do that. 92.7 FM, the WFNZ app as well. Sam, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate you stopping by at the corner of Minton Moorhead and helping us out here for our 20th annual Street Turkeys. Appreciate event. you guys as well. I know Fred Whitfield was out here this morning and, and representing the organization and uh, we just, uh, it's a team effort. So we appreciate everything you guys do to help our community and being a part of our initiatives as well. And definitely encourage everyone else to come on out here to Minton Moorhead and do their part and give back a little bit more to our Charlotte community. And no, no. I appreciate that once again to Sam Farber. If you can't make it out, that's okay. Just text Street Turkeys to 44321. Again, Street Turkeys, all one word, to 44321. Sam Farber helping us out as well. We have one more hour before the Kyle Bailey Show takes over. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.